Okay, so just before we have a word of prayer and get into the message, and we're going to talk today about some of those supernatural visitations, messages from another world. Let me uh, mention a couple things to you. Uh, two weeks from tomorrow is Christmas. Did y'all know that? Okay, guys, y'all know that, right? You've already started working on your wife's Christmas gift, getting ready and all that. Uh, so two weeks from today is Christmas Eve, and so that means it's on a Sunday, and we will be, we'll be having church. We'll be having one service, 10 o'clock, and it won't just be kid-friendly. The kids will actually be involved in the service. They're uh, practicing a song this morning back there, getting ready for that. So I hope you can be here. I know everybody probably can't be here, but if you possibly can, be here. And if you got family coming in town, just bring them with you. Um, everybody ought to be in church around Christmas. Great opportunity for you to get uh, some of your unconnected family and friends to church. Okay, then the next week, New Year's Eve, is also on a Sunday, and we'll be having one service at 10 o'clock. Kids won't be with us. Kids will have their regular kids' church service that uh, New Year's Eve day. But I wanted to mention that to you, 10 o'clock, one service, because I, I want to talk. That, that Sunday, I've been preparing this sermon for a little while as well. I want to talk to you about 2018, wrapping up 2017, talk about 2018, some vision things and some things like that about what we're hoping and expecting God to do and, and some directions that we're taking for 2018. So if you're a church member at 2911 or a regular attender, definitely do everything you can to be here that day, New Year's Day as well. So, okay, those are the two, two pastor announcements this morning, and let's get on to humbug. All right, I had somebody after, sir, after first service say, say, Pastor, you are right. We've, we've all got a little bit of Scrooge in us. We got to get out. I don't remember saying that, but that was good. So I want to throw it at you anyway. All right. We've all got a little Scrooge. Let's get rid of it this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you, God, for uh, your gift to us of your son. Thank you for that, Lord. And, and the joy now that we have within us, the peace, God, that we have God, and if we don't have it, it's, it's not your fault. You've pre prepared it. You've provided it for us. It is there. It's at our disposal. It is, it is the potential that we have for our life today and our future. And I pray, God, your Holy Spirit would just guide these, these moments. And, and uh, Lord, this message, please, let it grip us today. Let it, let it remind us. Let it challenge us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Okay, so now last week we talked about Christmas villains and, uh, you know, Scrooge and all of that. And uh, so, you know, it's kind of something everybody could follow, whether you've seen the story, you've read the uh, Christmas Carol or not, or, you know, I can't really believe, I mean, you've had to be literally hiding under a rock if you've never seen one of the 150 uh, Christmas Carol adaptations in movie, TV, or something, right? I mean, I don't know, there's probably not 150, but there's a bunch of them out there. And incidentally, one of the best is a Muppet Christmas Carol. Can I get an amen from anybody? If you don't know it, uh, if you've never seen it, I got it recorded on my DVR at my house. I'll watch it again. Just let me know, okay? Uh, because it, it is really a good one, all right? But in case there's someone here that you aren't really connected to it, you don't know what we're talking about here, last week wasn't as important. Today it's going to be a little important that you know kind of what's going on. First of all, the sermon series title, Humbug. Now, humbug means, it, it kind of means about to be deceptive or that kind of thing. So when Scrooge uses it, what he is saying is, he's saying, well, that's nonsense, humbug. Or, that's just gibberish. All you people that are into the Christmas spirit and all of you, you know, uh, just this peace and goodwill toward all men and all that kind of, that, bah, humbug. That's what he means, okay? Nonsense or gibberish, okay? So now who is this Scrooge? Well, Scrooge, he's the the main character of the whole story. He's a miser. Talked about that last week. He's the villain. He's the anti 
Christmas, not the Antichrist. He's the Antichristmas, okay? And, and he just wants to destroy everything that has anything to do with it. He is angry. He is upset. He's not happy, and he doesn't want anybody else to be happy. This story is about how he is visited in rapid succession by four ghost spirits, okay? And the first one is his old business partner, Jacob Marley. And Jacob Marley, from what we know in the story, he was just as bad as Ebenezer Scrooge. Now, incidentally, okay, this is not a true story, all right? This is fiction. And just in case, okay, and you, and any kids here want to know or any older kids that you're kind of wondering, all right? right? It's just fiction. But some great truths that we're going to talk about here today, okay? So let's talk just a little bit. We'll read a little bit of, uh, of the, com the conversation that Scrooge has with his old uh, business partner, Jacob Marley, his ghost that shows up in his bedroom in the middle of the night, okay? It, this, this is the first place I want to take you, but it's not the first of their, uh, of their conversation. Uh, Scrooge is talking here. He says, Jacob, imploringly, old Jacob Marley, tell me more. Speak comfort to me. Now, he's scared. He's scared now. It's finally uh, dawned on him. He's got a ghost in his bedroom, and he's scared. And he said, oh, Jacob, come on, speak some comfort to me. And Jacob, uh, Jacob Marley replies, his ghost replies, I have none to give. I don't have any comfort to give. It comes from other regions, Ebenezer Scrooge, and is conveyed by other ministers to other kinds of men. Jacob Marley knows good tidings of comfort and joy come from another world. He knows that. He, and, and he doesn't just know that in his heart. He knows that now because he is in another world. But what he's also saying is he's saying that comfort and good tidings and those things, they don't come from the, necessarily the world that you're living in, Scrooge, but they don't come from the world that I'm a part of either. Jacob Marley is in chains. He is in torment. And uh, he, is, he is destined for his eternity for certain things that, that are going to have to happen to him. And he said, he said, I don't come from a realm that can bring comfort and joy. But what he is saying is, there is a realm, there is another world that can bring comfort and joy. And Jacob Marley now, he knows, he totally believes in this other world. But Scrooge? Nope. Scrooge doesn't. Okay, so let me, let me give you some of Scrooge's quotes. And these are actually from before that conversation took place. Okay, so before Scrooge ever meets the ghost of his business partner, uh, he, is, he comes home from work, and, and when he nears the door, he sees this face of his old business partner appear on the door, and then it disappears, and he goes inside, and there was nothing on the back of the door, so Scrooge says, poo-poo, and close it with a bang. Poo-poo, that's kind of like, uh, you know, humbug again, right? Now, poo-poo, that didn't really happen, and so he closes it with a bang. And then he sees Marley's face at, at, the, uh, at the fireplace. He sees him around the, the mantle and the tiles that are there, and then they kind of disappear, and he says, humbug, said, said Scrooge, and he walks across the room. And then... Uh, there's, this, there's this bell that was left over from, from someone else that used to live there and, and probably was a bell used to summon someone in another part of the house. And, it's, and it starts to swing. And then it starts to clang. And then it starts to tinkle. Then he starts hearing other bells. And they get louder and louder. And then he hears Jacob Marley, who's got all these chains on him, coming up the steps from the cellar. He doesn't know that's who it is. He doesn't know what this is. But he hears all of this. And all this is getting louder and louder and louder until finally it stops. And he still, he says, it's humbug still, says Scrooge. I won't believe it. He just won't believe it. No, it starts real small and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. What's it going to take for Scrooge to believe? He just could not believe it. And how much 
I mean, you know, if this, if this were true, if there really are ghosts and spirits and there is another world out there, then how much was Scrooge missing of what is reality? And that's the same question to ask us today. How much of reality are you and I? Now, Pastor, you told us this wasn't a true story. Yeah, it wasn't a true story. It's not a true story, but it shows us some things. For instance, we're, we're not the only people that miss stuff. They missed it. You know, back when Jesus was born the very first Christmas, they missed it too. You remember the prophets? The prophets of the Old Testament, if you know anything about how the Bible's laid out, there's an Old Testament, a New Testament, and the thing that happens that kind of separates the two is the birth of Jesus. And so when the birth of Jesus happens, all the Old Testament prophets, they were before his birth. And, and I got two of them for you here, Isaiah and Micah, just a couple of things they said. Isaiah 7:14. he says, all right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. So this is one of the signs that Jesus has, has come, is a virgin is going to conceive and give birth to a child. And, and, and that's going to be Jesus. In Micah chapter 5, verse 2, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. So he's talking about Jesus. Jesus who always was. The Son of God who always was. He was always there. So his origins come from the distant past. So here are just two. And if you go to the Sunday's page and click on the, the sermon notes link, and if you get scroll down, you get to this part in the sermon notes, there's a link there to an article. And in case you've got any question about prophecies about Jesus, found a great article. I think it's by Tim Chaffee. And, uh, and, and I linked it there. And you can go and you can read. If you've got any questions about all these prophecies that happened before Jesus ever lived, and there they were. And, and so here, all of Israel has these prophecies, not just these two, but all these other prophecies about Jesus, and they still missed him. All the prophets spoke, and they still missed him. Just like the night when the angels filled the sky. When Jesus was born, and, and angels filled the sky, and they started singing that Jesus was born. You remember that? Luke chapter 2. You know, I, I, had to, I had to memorize this for a play back when I was a little kid. And so it was King James Version, you know, and so way back in those days, you know. And uh, we didn't do all those, other, all, all those other translations and everything. But do you remember the story? You know, Linus says it in, in Charlie Brown, right? You know, he says, there were in the same country, you know, the shepherds were biting in the field. And lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were so afraid. And the angel said to them, fear not. Now, I've never seen an angel. Anybody ever had an angel appear to them? I've never had that. If, if it ever happens, I'm hoping they treat me the same way they treat these shepherds, and the very first thing out of their mouth is fear not, because let me tell you, that's going to be something that's happening to me. You know, if an angel shows up, I'm going to have some fear. They, so the angel says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, not a child, not a baby, but until you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this is going to be a sign to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to all men. Now, all this was happening, right? The skies were filling with a multitude of angels, and only the shepherds saw that. I mean, you know, if that were happening today, you know what would happen, right? Somebody be on Facebook in a couple of minutes. Does anybody know what that bright light was in the sky? Did anybody see all those people in the sky? What was that? It was just, you know, you know, we see all this stuff. We hear this. Somebody, surely somebody else saw that. No, they all missed it. The shepherds were the only ones that got it. They were the only ones. And how, how much was, everybody else was missing. The most important event that would happen in the history of this world was missed by everybody except a few shepherds. 
And just, just right after that, though, a few more people saw it. Remember Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, the wise men. You know those wise men that came to, to see Jesus? We, we preached a little bit about this last week. Uh, in chapter 2, verse 2, the, the wise men, they're coming to Jerusalem and said, Where is he that is newborn, this newborn king of the Jews? We saw his stars that rose, and we have come to worship him. Uh, they came in Jerusalem, they started asking, guess what? Nobody knows. They missed him. Nobody knows. They missed the birth of Christ. And so they start asking, and nobody can answer. And so finally the word gets to Herod that, hey, there's some guys here from the east, and, and uh, they're looking for a newborn king. And, and so Herod calls his wise men together, you know, and they have to look it up and everything. They finally they say, oh, well, you know, it says right here. They had this, and they still missed it. They had the word, and they still missed it. And so then he calls the wise men in, and he talks to them, sends them on. We, we talked a little bit about that last week, about the villains and Herod being one of the Christmas villains. So if you missed last week's sermon, make sure you go to the podcast and, and, and listen to it. And, and so they missed it too. Herod missed it. All of Jerusalem missed it. Nobody in Jerusalem. Only these shepherds over there near Bethlehem are the only one people that found. And these wise men that have been watching. And the star appeared. And where does all this come from? A prophet, angels, a star, these signs. Like, where does all this come from? It doesn't come from this world. It comes from another world. And you and I, you know, if we're not careful, we can get caught up in the cynicism of today and say, well, we don't really believe. But let me, can I tell you something? Most people, there are very few people in this world who believe that death is like a light switch and when you turn it off, it's over. Most people believe in this, most, most of the humans in this world believe in another world. Now, there are all kinds of theories out there. There's all kinds of religions out there. There's all kinds of theologies and all of that. And, and, and people get it all confused. They get it all messed up. But most everybody living in this world today believes that there's something else. That if I were to drop dead right here, right now, it ain't over. You know, there's something else. In the next couple of moments, there's something else. Most of them believe, I mean, some, some people believe, you, you know, you're going to come back in another form, in another life, maybe another person, maybe a, an animal of some kind or whatever. Most, most people believe that. Even if they, even they've got some really weird ideas like that, most everyone in this world believes in this. So, so when we say we believe in that, we don't have to feel weird. Everybody believes in that. It's just this whole exactly Jesus or exactly this that we get the fight of. Most people believe that, but there are a few that don't. And Scrooge was one of those that either he didn't believe or he was one of those that tried to make us think they don't believe. You know, there are people like that, that really when you dig down, they really still believe. But they try to make us think that they don't. Well, this, this, this probably was Scrooge one. So let's go back to some of the conversation now with, with Marley and Scrooge. And Marley's speaking here, and he says, you don't believe in me. Scrooge says, I, I, I don't. And Marley says, what evidence would you have of my reality beyond that of your senses? And Scrooge says, I, I don't know. And, you know, in a, uh, if, you know for, at first reading to me, this, this kind of sounds like, well, you can't know because you don't have any, any evidence or whatever. But maybe he's thinking, hmm, I wonder what evidence. You and Scrooge says, I don't know what evidence I would have. Here is the danger of not believing in something beyond yourself. When you just believe in this right here, here's the danger, is ending up with a life like Scrooge. You see, because God has put inside each of us a, a, a compass, a moral compass. And if we don't live with that compass, if we don't pay attention to this moral compass that God has put inside of us, we are in danger of ending up with a life like Scrooge. When we don't live with God's moral compass, then 
there's no right or wrong. I mean, this is Scrooge, right? I mean, there was no right or wrong. He could treat people however he wanted to treat them, which is the second thing, you know, right there. When when we live without God's moral compass, there is no right or wrong. We can treat people any way we want to because we're all just organisms, you know. We're just... We're just organic material, you know, there's not really anything, I mean, nothing's going to happen after this. There's no moral right, moral wrong, it's just everybody lives based on the very best they can do themselves, just the way they want to live. There's a time that that happened in the Bible, it wasn't going too well for them either, that everybody just lived according to their own way, and that's, that's how Scrooge lived. Based on whatever was best for him today, I mean, he didn't give any thought to throwing uh, widows or orphans out on the street on Christmas Eve and and taking their house, taking their money. He didn't think a thing about it. Why? Because there was no moral compass. And when there's no moral compass, there's no right or wrong. We treat people any way we want to treat them. And there is no reason. There's no no idea of, of, of living today as an investment in a better tomorrow. No, Scrooge, his, his investment was all in him. He was, he was living today as an investment in him. And when, there's no, when we aren't following this moral compass, then we're not thinking about living today so that tomorrow can be better, not just for me, but for everybody around us. Doing right things now so that better things can happen tomorrow. There is none of that. Now, this little poster, I guess, on the screen right here before you today, I mean, Scrooge, is the poster child for this poster. We probably should have, should have put his picture right here beside it because this is exactly who screwed. He is the poster child for this, for not, living, not having any moral compass whatsoever, treating people exactly like he wants to treat them because there is no right or wrong, not investing in everyone's better future. And so just a few moments ago, we were, talk- that we were in the middle of that conversation with Marley and, and uh, Scrooge, and, and he said, well, what would you have beyond your senses to help you believe, in, believe that I am real? And Scrooge says, I don't know. And so then Marley asks him this question, why do you doubt your senses? Cause, so it's almost like Marley saying, well, you've really already got this here. Why do you doubt your senses? Creation, law, eternity, and purpose. All those things are already written in the heart of every human. And it's why we believe in a God that we don't see. A God that some of us in this world haven't yet met and haven't even addressed him. Yet still, there's a belief. There's something inside. Why? Why? Because it's already written there. God already put it there. More than just this moral compass, God has put inside of us at least these four things. And, and you can see them just, just like the law. There is, a, there is a right or wrong. We were just talking about the moral compass, right? There is a right or wrong, and we know this. I mean, even people that don't follow Christ, even people that don't have a relationship with him, they have a sense of right and wrong, of justice of treating people like they should be treated. I mean, if you, do, if you don't, I mean, you, you're really devoid completely of, uh, of, of every bit of morality in your life if you don't. But, but we've got this in us. We've got this law that is already written in us. And incidentally, if you go to the Sunday's page also, the sermon notes, you can find there uh, script, these scriptures and, and that will lead you to more of this as well. I've got some scriptures here for this that we just don't have time to read also. Okay, and then, and then eternity. Eternity, like I said just a few moments ago, we know. Man, we don't just switch off a light and this is over. When this body dies, it's not, it's not over. We know this. 
There's something inside of us that tells us, I mean, even if you say, well, how do you, you know, some of this just sounds too fantastic, too super real for it to really be real. But we know, right? We know when we, if we were to die right now, even if you're, you're having doubts about this other world or, or you're having doubts about eternity or things like, you know that if you were to die right now, it's not over. There's something else. I mean, we talk about, even people, even people who aren't Christians, I mean, they stand in caskets and they talk about being in a better place right? I mean, we've got this in us. And, and, and uh, the purpose, I mean, we get, we get overwrought. We, um, we get to places that we can't handle life anymore when we feel like there is no purpose. Why? Because God put it in us that there is a purpose, and we've got to have this purpose, and we've got to embrace this purpose. And, and we know that there's got to be a purpose within us all of these things are, are written within us. We all know these things. And, and so it's, you know, it's not today that, it's not today that, you know, I've got to talk you into belief. I mean, you've got it already there in you. You know there's right and wrong. You know there's eternity. You know there's purpose. But what are we going to do about it? And, and Marley talked a little bit about his purpose. This, this was when... Um, this was when Scrooge was kind of bragging on him and saying, Marley, man, you were one who really could swindle and really could rot and that kind of thing. He was bragging on him for that. And, and Marley stops him and he says, mankind was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, and benevolence were all my business. The deals of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. That is a beautiful speech right there. But it's a sad speech. Because what Marley is saying is, I know what I thought life was, was about a deal, making the next deal, making a little bit more money, swindling somebody out of this, you know, adding it up and it becoming, you know, bigger and bigger and bigger every day and all of this. I said, that's what I thought it was. But my business in life was mankind. That's what, that's what I'm called to. That's what you're called to, Scrooge. That's what he's trying to tell him. This is our business in life. It's charity, it's mercy, it's patience, it's benevolence. And, and all the things that I did that I thought were important, they're just a drop in the bucket of my true ocean of responsibility to all humankind. And these, these are our purposes, these things of mercy and patience and benevolence. These are, these are the things that we're called to. These are the purposes. And, and, and without those purposes, life is, doesn't really mean anything. Without this call, without this, all this that God put inside of our hearts, without this, then this really is an empty existence. And that's what Marley was trying to get across to Scrooge. Before it's too late, Scrooge, you've got to get it. It's all around you. It's in you. God's already written this inside of your heart. You know this. It's in your senses. You've got to do it. And so what I'm imploring you to do today is to connect to that other world. You know, and... and I'm not just talking to people who have never walked with Christ. I'm talking to people who've walked with him for a long time. Because if we're not careful, what will happen is we'll slowly disconnect from that other world the longer we live in this one. We've got to make sure that we don't do that, okay? And here, here, here's, here's five reasons in closing. Here's five reasons why, okay? Don't get real excited when I say in closing. That just means I don't have anything beyond these five, but these five could take 30 minutes, right? I'm joking. All right. But here's five reasons why we need this connection to this other world. First of all, like Scrooge, we need a strong dose of reality. And let me tell you something. 
The physical existence in you and I live is not reality. I love that. That's, that's one of the things that, that uh, Marley talked about too. He talked about my reality. He talked about his reality. And he was talking about it in that other realm. And he was saying, Scrooge, uh, Scrooge, what do you have? What do you have, Scrooge, to help you believe in my reality? And, and at first, Scrooge says, I don't have anything. And then, then he comes back and says, why don't you trust your senses? You already know this. That reality is not just this. It's not, and we, we need this strong dose of reality. And we're not going to get it right here. Are we going to get it from the media that we, that we fill our lives with? Are we going to, you going to get reality from Facebook? Come on, somebody. Help me. Amen or oh me or whatever, right? We're not going to get reality here. We're going to get reality from that other world. That's why we need to stay connected to that other world. I'm talking about the spirit realm. Right? I'm talking about your spiritual part. Okay. And here, why? Secondly, so that like Marley, we don't miss what this life is really all about. By the time he figured it out, it was too late for him. And so we need to stay connected to that spirit world. You see, we don't have to wait till we die to get in that spirit. We can actually be connected to that spirit, spirit world right now. And we don't need to wait to that because that'll be too late. You know, and, and, and the, bottom, the bottom little phrase there is going to sound familiar to some of you. Because some of you are living this right now. Like Marley, he was so busy making a life that he missed life altogether. And think, man, aren't, aren't you doing something? Some of you said, yeah, that's my, you know, that's my job. You're, you're so beat down by your job, you really don't even enjoy life anymore. If that's you, you know, maybe, maybe, that, was, maybe that was your doing that you've just gotten in the wrong job and you just built this big thing that you've got to pay for and all this stuff and you've got too many toys. Okay, maybe that's you. Maybe you, maybe you made a mistake. Or maybe you just got a really bad job or whatever. Whatever it is, let, let's pray today about that. If it's just the fact that you're just in a bad job that just beats you down that you can't enjoy life, let's pray about that. We've prayed that. We've prayed that over a lot of people. And, and God has answered that and given them a better job where they can start enjoying life again. But for whatever the reason is, we need to stay connected to that spirit world that keeps us, keeps us in contact with what, what reality is and what life is really supposed to be all about. It's not about having a lot of money. I mean, if you want to have a lot of stuff, have a lot of stuff so that you can have a purpose in having that stuff. If that's what it's going to be about with you. Because that's what... that. That's what he's trying to let us know here. And thirdly, we, we need to stay connected to that so we're reminded that we are spiritual beings. You see, if you don't stay connected to that, you're not connected to, to who you are. This isn't who you are. If when this dies, this body dies, you still go on, then this body is not who you are. You know, it, they're, they're, you're inside this body. We need to stay connected to that spirit world so that we were reminded constantly that we are spiritual beings. Uh, number, and number four, we need to shove. Most of us rarely change direction without a brutal wake-up call. Amen? Amen? Look at Scrooge as the perfect example, right? He sees a little bit of Marley's face there on the door. Poo-poo. Then he sees Marty's face bigger at the fireplace. Humbug. Then he hears all these bells and he hears Marley coming up, even though he doesn't know it's Marley, he hears Marley coming up the steps, clanging all these chains that are all around him, and still, bah, humbug. He says that. He says, humbug still. I don't believe it. Until finally, he's got a ghost in his bedroom. Come on, people. 
He's got a ghost in his bedroom, and so now it's like I, 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 I still don't believe. I'm still not sure and all of that. And still, and in the same way, you know, I, I believe God does this. I've watched God do this. Is God nudges us. You know, and when we're close enough to him, when we're in tune with that spirit, we feel the nudge. But when we don't feel the nudge, he's got to nudge us a little bit harder, right? You know, it's like when your spouse is snoring and you try to give them a little and that don't work and you got to just roll them on over or whatever and God gives us a bigger nudge. And if we're still so far away that we're not connected enough that we, God just keeps doing it more and more until finally he has to pick up a spiritual baseball bat and knock us over the head with it. And then we finally say, oh, thank you, God. Now I understand, right? Is that what we really want? Because that's what happens when we don't stay in connection with the spirit world is God can't get our attention. Then we keep making mistakes. We keep making decisions without, without having God and his wisdom involved in the decisions. We choose without considering the consequences of tomorrow and of the afterlife. We need a shove occasionally, and that's why we need to stay connected to the spirit world, which leads into this last one real quick, okay? We need a consistent direction and challenge. We need consistent direction and challenge. We often don't follow through on our good intentions, right? Okay, so like, imagine, you know, this happens all the time, and it's probably happened to you. You're sitting in a service, sermon is just really digging at you. Maybe it's on benevolence. You know, I, yeah, I want to give something special. Maybe it's on missions. Yeah, I want to go on a missions trip. Or maybe it's on just blessing your neighbor somehow or, or inviting somebody to church. Yes, 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 I want to do that. And then, you know, life and death may not be a switch, but a lot of times our spirituality is a switch. And we say the last amen here, we turn it off and we go out the door and we don't do the benevolence, we don't do the mission trip, we don't reach out to our neighbor, we don't invite anybody to church because we're not connected to that spirit world. See, we don't need to just hear a sermon. We need to connect with the spirit of God that wants to speak to us through that sermon. We don't just need to read the Bible. We need to connect with the message of the Bible. We don't just need to connect with a song. We've sung three songs this morning already. We don't need to just connect with the words and the, you know, the, the lyrics, the, uh, the, the, the sound, you know, the musical style or, or the beat. We don't just need to connect with that. I mean, that's, that's good. We can get into that sometimes. But we don't need to just connect with that. We've got to connect with the message of the song. And I would say, well, you should have told us that before we sang those songs. Well, let me tell you, we've got one more to come, okay? You've got one more chance to get this right today. You know, if you were connecting with the words and all that, you know, you need to connect with a message beyond the words for, you know, in, in our sermons, in our reading our Bible or, or, or singing of our songs. We've got to connect with this message beyond that because if we don't, most Christians, I believe most Christians, and, and here I'm really preaching to Christians, okay? I'm, people, I'm preaching to people who, who walk with God and say that they're following him with everything they do. Yet most of us, we turn it off when the last amen is said on Sunday morning. And we don't even realize it. And there's a disconnect. And we walk out that door and we live a world life. Instead of, but that's not, that's not what God intended. He intended. Jesus Christ didn't just die so we could have eternal life. He died so we could have amazing life right here, right now. And so when this is over, it doesn't end. If, if you connect with that spirit realm and get 
really connected with it. Don't unplug. In a few moments when we say amen, don't unplug. Don't switch it off. Stay connected all week long, all day long, 365, 24-7. Stay connected all your whole life. And, and don't just live in this spirit of Christmas because the spirit of Christmas is really the spirit of Christ. Live in the spirit of Christ all year long. And so this joy, this excitement that, I mean, that makes pastor act like a little kid, you know, it can be that way all year long for you if you connect with that spirit world that you already know is there. You sense it in your senses because he's put it there. Can I ask you to join me at the front? If you're a first-time attender, we like to close around front, and uh, we have a final song and a final prayer. And if you're comfortable doing so, we'd love to have you join us just come, just come and join us around front. We don't do anything weird down here. We just want to have a little time. We kind of like just this gathering together. And I'm going to tell you why I like it. Okay, I'm going to tell you why I like it. I said this several, several weeks ago in closing. I, I said, you know, one of the reasons I like doing this, this last song and everything, everybody take a... A step toward me, if you will, and we'll get people out of, the, out of the aisle. Thank you. It's one of the reasons I like doing this last little thing here all together and all this is because we know we pastor so passionate about it, you know, and sharing it and everything. And, and then we say amen, and we hurry out the door. I mean, I, you might not even get to the back door until somebody's talking to you about college football, right? Amen or oh me, guys. Come on, let's, let's be true right here, right? Step on my feet here, pastor. It's like when we, and, and a switch goes off so quick. You know, we were so... We were passionate with a pastor. Yeah, we're going to make a difference. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to live this life 24-7. We're, we're going to be connected with him so that he's giving us direction and wisdom and all that all the time. And, but then we just, it's so easy to get shut up. That's one of the reasons I like doing this. Give us just a moment, you know, because I'm going to shut up here in just a minute, all right? And then when I do, it's you and God. And you get to talk about it. And you get to respond to whatever the Spirit was saying to you. Connect. Connect to the Spirit of God, not just the message. Connect to what the Spirit of God is trying to say to you through the message. And this walk with Christ thing, it's not a physical walk. It is a spiritual walk. And so the decision is a spiritual decision. You know, and, and uh, you know, I've been, I've been sharing, man, for about probably three or four months at the end of every service, I've been talking about that one scripture. Last week, I actually had it on screen. Romans 10, verse 9, 10. How easy it is to start a walk with Christ. Basically, all you got to do is believe that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. And tell somebody about it. You, know, you can tell me, you can tell somebody standing around you, you can leave me a note in, in the uh, offering bag back there, text me later or something, but tell somebody about it. Basically, that you know that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, and he died on the cross of Calvary for our sins. And then he came back to life on the third day so that you and I don't have to exist in a grave for eternity, but we could have life for eternity. If you believe that, and you know what? You, you probably already do. Even if you've never acted on that, if you've never prayed and reached out to God, you probably already believe that. Why? Because the seeds of that faith were already put inside of you along with those, those four things that I was telling you are already there.
It's already there. And so really what you're doing is you're saying, I'm connecting my, my heart and my mind together. Why? Because I'm a spirit being. I'm not just a flesh being. I'm not just a physical being. I'm a spirit being. And I'm just connecting all that. I believe that. That's how simple it is. It's just believe that. Just say it in your heart. I believe that. You already know it in your head, so just say it in your heart. I believe that. I believe that. I believe Jesus Christ is exactly who he says he is. And the word of God says, you'll be saved. And then start following him. Then start walking after him. That means, this is the message to everybody, don't unplug. Don't ever unplug. Don't ever switch it off. Stay connected. Let him guide you. Let him, let him speak to you. Let him teach you. Let him help you. Let him pave the way before you. I mean, I've got so many testimonies I'm, th I'm thinking of right now that I want to tell you about how God has done that for me. I want you to know God will do it for you if you'll stay plugged in. If you'll stay connected.